0: Hit our music for November 9th, 2020 is presented by leveldowngames.com. Now hit our music. Our music is a weekly All Elite Wrestling podcast brought to you by leveldowngames.com. I'm Brian, and with me this evening, it is, of course, Dan. What's going on, everybody? What is going on indeed? But Dan, we just are coming off of an incredible pay-per-view that we get to talk about here in a few minutes. But before we do, before we talk about that pay-per-view... Let us talk about you helping us become all in with the crew by checking the podcast app you're listening to on us right now and leave us a quick rating and review, if you would be so kind. We've given you three seconds before, but now you don't have any time. Leave us the rating in the review because we need them. <laughs> Do it now. Do it now, indeed. Uh, but yeah, Dan, last night we had the pleasure of sitting down and watching. I, I, I watched through BR Live. I'm assuming that's how you watched as well. I, I don't think you probably would have ordered on traditional pay-per-view, did you?
1: No, 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 no. I Because I, I did it. Um, I was actually over at my mother-in-law's watching it. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, so BR Live and Full Gear 2020 was last night, All Elite Wrestling. And I got to say, man, I thoroughly enjoyed the show from start to finish. I thought it was a really good pay-per-view overall.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I can't argue with that. Uh, I was, it was, it was a great pay-per-view, uh, worth the money, uh, worth
0: the time. 100% uh, worth the money.
1: Yeah, they, they put on one hell of a show and, uh, I'm very excited to talk about it and kind of, you know, us talk like we normally do about kind of where we think things are going or why matches ended the way they did and, and a few surprises as
0: well. A few surprises along the way. Yes, this is our traditional looking back at Full Gear 2020. <laughs> it's our review episodes. Dan, I think we should actually start off with uh, with a quick uh, remembrance of Alex Trebek, who unfortunately passed away this morning at the age of 80 from cancer. Obviously, someone who played a significant role in the early years of wrestling, you know, hosting uh, WrestleMania seven. I think it was. He was a celebrity guest star there. Uh, I remember him backstage with the demolition. I remember him doing something in the ring as well. Um, And of course, longtime Jeopardy host. So unfortunately, passing away today, Not, not news that I wanted to kind of wake up to, but I did. And it sucked.
1: Uh, yeah, no, very unfortunate. I mean, the dude though was just still working while he was fighting, uh, the cancer. So just, he, he literally gave everything that he could. And, uh, it's kind of an inspiration uh, to us all, um, to not kind of, you know, let that stuff, um, define you. Right. So it was nice to, uh, still see him. I think I was reading an article. He still recorded shows up to October 27th. So we will still get some shows. Uh, I am a huge uh like history nerd so it was I always enjoyed watching Jeopardy as a kid growing up and trying to make myself feel smart even though that show made me feel uh <laughs> quite dumb sometimes but uh Alex Trebek was a huge part of my life growing up um so yeah uh so there's still Jeopardy
0: episodes that are going to feature him after his yes. after his death. That's yep, crazy. Yep. There will be. Yeah. That's so. crazy. Yeah, well it's uh that's super sad I wonder who's gonna replace him because I don't I mean I don't think he those was... are gonna be
1: big shoes to fill big shoes yeah, to fill
0: yeah definitely so um man that's gonna be crazy definitely gonna be a whole different feel to it uh but Dan we're gonna start talking about some full gear now and we're gonna kick things off as they did with the pre-show. But I want to say before we talk the opening match, I absolutely love that AEW pay-per-views feel like pay-per-views feel like still. Do you know what I mean? They only do shows every three months. They have four a year. Every three months they do February, they do May, they do August, and then they do November. Those are the... Yeah, that's right. Well, I think they did the beginning of September before instead of the end of August. And I think there was a reason for that. But they traditionally do every three months. And the shows still feel like pay-per-views. Like I haven't watched. I didn't watch Hell in a Cell for WWE. I forget. Was it? I don't even remember. That's that's how bad it was. I don't remember. I didn't watch. I didn't watch it either. I didn't. I didn't watch Hell in a Cell, but I don't remember. I can't remember if I watched September's pay-per-view. I don't even remember what September's pay-per-view was for WWE. I can't remember if that was the last one I watched for them or if SummerSlam was the last one I watched for them. And that's just because I don't really pay attention when I'm watching WWE anymore. But their pay-per-views didn't feel like pay-per-views anymore. They just felt like glorified episodes of like a Raw or a SmackDown. They didn't feel like pay-per-views. But AEW pay-per-views feel like pay-per-views used to feel in the 90s for WWE or wcw aew
1: does it right with the pay-per-views they don't feel rushed you know we get them every three months we let storylines build up um so it just doesn't feel like they're shoved down our throats it it gives time for these storylines to kind of build a story so we get a feeling and an understanding of the the rivalry or whatever is going on and uh that's the nice thing about these uh, not being rushed. Uh, my wife was asking me, she's like, so when is the next AW pay-per-view? Cause we were talking about the hangman page and Omega match and you know, the, the winner of them gets the title shot. And I was like, the next pay-per-view is in February. And she's like, are you serious? She's like that far? I said, yeah. I said, they don't rush him out. And yeah, then, uh, which is so, super cool, but I yeah. did see,
0: however, they're gonna, I don't know if you saw this today. I saw Tony Khan teased a big, uh, beach break show in January. OK, I mean, that makes like, sense. That's- they did it. They did it this year, too. If you remember at the beginning of the year, they did that. Uh, not not bash at the beach, but it pretty much was uh, well, actually. No, they did call it bash at the beach. Never mind. I thought yeah. they changed the name. But um, no, I actually think they did call it uh, bash at the beach when they did it. Yeah, because they did it uh, two nights. Remember, it was like one night. Yeah, it was a two night event, I think.
1: Yeah, that. no. I, yeah. And that's what AW is good at. So we don't get the you know, we, the pay-per-views aren't rushed, but we'll get like a specialty show or something kind of sprinkled in there to kind of have a little more, bo- a little more meaning yeah. to, you know, just yeah. a typical and, Dynamite and will episode. Be like,
0: and there will probably be a, you know, world title defense and et cetera on that show, if not exactly. more. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's start talking about the pre-show. Did you go back and watch it? Cause I know you didn't catch it when it aired live, but did you actually go back and watch the match after?
1: I did not. I unfortunately did not, uh, get back, go back and
0: watch it. OK, it was uh, Serena Deeb defending her NWA Women's World Championship against Allison K, who used to wrestle in Impact as Sienna. She's been wrestling as Allison K, which is her real name now for for a while. Uh, she actually was on the NWA roster, but actually earlier this week uh, actually announced that she was a free agent, which is interesting. And I think that AEW should immediately scoop her up, as we always say about a lot of these girls. But that's because hey, there yeah. are a lot of a lot of indie female wrestlers out there. Out there right now that I think are are really good and can absolutely boost the talent of the AEW women's division. This match wasn't amazing. It was definitely it felt slow, but it was a good match to. I guess, put on the pre-show and and kind of get people introduced and and interested in maybe purchasing the show for 50 bucks. Definitely a good match. I do think they should hire Allison Kay. She did great. Uh, But uh, we were wrong, Dan. Serena Deeb remained the champion. I, I mean, thought it would have been cool if they would have actually right. like yeah. changed on, uh you know, started with a title change, especially one that isn't an AEW title. But oh, well, <laughs> oh, well, uh, it was cool, though. Thunder Rosa came down after the I match. I did.
1: I did see that. So maybe that's good for her being signed by AEW. I'm hoping
0: so. I'm hoping so, because I did see a news story that WWE was very interested in signing her as well, as they should be, as everybody oh, should be. Correct. There should not be a single wrestling promotion out there that doesn't want to sign Thunder Rosa because she's awesome.
1: Oh, yeah. Huge talent. Uh, the character, everything about her would be amazing.
0: Yeah. So hopefully this is a good sign of of her sticking around in AEW. I assume they're going to be building up to a Serena Deeb versus Thunder Rosa match or rematch, I should say, because, you know, Serena Deeb did defeat Thunder Rosa to become the NWA uh, women's champion. And it seems like the NWA women's title is going to remain a prominent figure on AEW programming like it's not going away. No, I I think
1: that no, I think that's smart because um, when the regular like AEW women's roster starts to get healthy, I feel like we might have a little bit of an abundance of women's wrestlers. So it'll be kind of nice to have another title that can actually keep a lot of these women wrestlers relevant.
0: Crazy smart. You're right. Like. You know, I guess the only way we can really compare things is to WWE, where they have like a a raw women's champion and a SmackDown women's champion. It would be something similar, I guess, to that.
1: And they do have uh, women's tag belts, too. So they do. They do. You know, when there's not any when they don't have like a single storyline, you can throw two of them together and uh, give them a storyline to compete for a belt. So I, I like that the NWA is
0: is sticking around. And, and again, it's going to help,
1: I think, keep. I wish the
0: NWA would just stick around in general, man, like because there's so much talent like it would be cool if Nick Aldis was there. And, you know, the NWA world title was also its own division, basically, on AEW. And you could have guys, you know, that are kind of getting not necessarily like lost in the shuffle, but kind of lost in the shuffle like Lance Archer, like Sean Spears.
1: Exactly. Lance Archer is
0: one that comes to mind. Yeah, Lance Archer, Sean Spears, so many guys that are that are getting kind of lost in the shuffle and and having another heavyweight division with a prestigious title like that would be cool. So, yeah, it's something it's something uh, that more people need to need to try to be. I don't know. I don't know. It needs to happen. It needs to happen. But yeah, Agreed. we'll see what happens here with the NWA Women's Championship going forward. I assume, like I said, Thunder Rosa v. Serena Deeb will be happening at some point on either a dynamite or a pay per view in the near future um next up we had i I don't really i don't think we need to talk like the the red carpet special that aired from six to seven though i did watch it there was some promos there was some good stuff man there was some really good promos and really good video packages on the red carpet uh, special same thing they kind of replayed a lot of the stuff during the buy-in pre-show i watched that from start to finish as well dude i was fully invested in in everything they were doing from six o'clock until the show ended before midnight but that's going to lead us to the actual main card for full gear. And they started with a bang. They started (laughs) with the title eliminator tournament final match. Kenny Omega taken on Hangman Adam Page. And I made a mistake, Dan. I made a mistake saying that this match went almost 30 minutes last night in Discord. I went back and looked. This match only went like 16 minutes. And I was it like, this match only lasted 16 minutes? Wow. But the official that... time was 16 minutes. When the huh. timekeeper announced the time, that was the 10 minute mark. Like, this match. They did such a good job. They did such a good job like telling and that their storylines clearly not over, but they did such a good job like taking advantage of all the emotion and passion that went into the, you know, the past couple weeks of building this match up the Cinderella video package from last dynamite, you know, seeing that time and time again over the past few days, it gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. This match was so good. It felt like a thirty minute match done in half the time.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just hearing you say that it was sixteen minutes, I felt like it was a much longer match, and uh, it was just nonstop. Uh, just it, it was a great, great way to kick the show off. Um, the the damn uh, power bomb that Paige gave Omega on the damn ramp. Oof, I was like, yeah. holy smokes, man! That left just a thud, man. Just made me cringe a little bit. Uh no this this match was uh was freaking amazing man so many great spots um I really wasn't sure who was gonna win with uh, how many close kickouts we had and uh, and whatnot but I was very uh very impressed and very I, I love this match
0: yeah I really and and I was happy. Because like I said, I, I made a prediction that this match would probably go like 30 or 40 minutes, if not longer. I could have seen this match going an hour, dude. And I would have been on the edge of my seat from start to finish for 60 minutes. But oh, 100%. When I, when I saw that, I was like, just 16 minutes? Man, like, give me 16 more minutes. <laughs> give me 32 <laughs> total. Because, man, just imagine what they could have done in in that amount of time. Yeah, this was an absolutely incredible match. Um. Couple V triggers to maybe that is the plan. Maybe we are going to get a much longer blow off like Iron Man match or something. Yeah, that would be really cool. But couple V triggers and then one one winged angel and Kenny Omega picks up the victory clean three count. I was uh, thoroughly impressed and I think that is the right winner though. I do.
1: Uh, I do. I think it kind of though went ahead and foreshadowed who was going to win the main event we'll talk about that obviously much later um i was shocked that omega won this clean and it was only one uh one of his moves to uh to win like i i was shocked i thought i thought there'd be a little more like dirty by omega but this was actually a pretty like clean match um so yeah the question is now does this kind of start the uh, like a downward downward spiral of hangman page you know we're gonna start to see even more drinking than we already have is that kind of where the storyline's gonna go uh i don't know but you're right it, i believe it was the right winner but uh i'm very curious to to see where this is headed with both of these
0: wrestlers yep yep absolutely so we will see what happens but we do it's not the last time we're going to talk about either one of these two guys nope. on the show today <laughs> Not the last time we'll mention either one of those two guys on the show today. Um, Next up, we had what was actually going to be on the pre-show, but they ended up moving it to the main card and then announcing that NWA Women's World Championship match for the pre-show. Instead, we had Orange Cassidy taking on John Silver and dude. John silver is just Dude, breaking yeah. out, man. Yeah. John really silver is. is absolutely breaking out. Um, somebody you never, ever would have expected, dude. He was in that tag team with Alex Reynolds, but he is just absolutely becoming a star. This match did such a good job in showcasing that. I mean, there was probably no way Orange Cassidy was ever going to lose this match, right? He is definitely the bigger star right now of the two. You know, the, the fans are clearly more behind him. His gimmick is really working out right now with best friends, but the crowd was fully behind John Silver as well.
1: Oh, no. I mean, he was and he was feeding off of it. Oh, uh, this is yes. this is a great way to follow up the page uh, Omega match to carry that momentum. Uh, yeah. Silver man was just having fun out there. Just Johnny. Uh,
0: it, uh, yeah,
1: it was just and I, I guess I just never really
0: realized how jacked that little dude is like, dude, holy he's smokes, so man. So buff. So yeah. buff. And it's always it was always exciting when him and Alex Reynolds would be in a tag team match, because I think their combo work that they pull off during tag team matches. Oh, is, yeah, 100 percent. Bar none, the best in the business.
1: No, I, I definitely agree. Um, So I just I wonder we haven't seen Brody. I wonder with, you know, kind of how I guess big-headed. Silver's kind of getting, you know, because he knows he's, get, he's getting a little more of that role. I wonder if, if we might see him possibly maybe leave the Dark Order. Maybe there would be a feud with Brody Lee somewhat. I know it'd be a big man
0: versus little man, but I don't I know. I could see I, a David I, V. Goliath type storyline, but, you know, yeah. maybe Dave, maybe David's just really buff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? So I could just see Brody
1: Lee showing up and, and, and not being happy with how Silver's been kind of just all the shenanigans he's kind of been doing, you know, so I I think that could set up a storyline because I think we need some more silver uh,
0: spotlighted in uh, Dynamite. Okay, so that's where John Silver's going. Where's Orange Cassidy go from here? He picked up the victory. But where does he go from here? I don't know. I I don't know. Because you can't just like thrust him right back into the TNT title picture.
1: No, no. you know, like you can't do that twice to Cody. He's already lost twice to Cody.
0: Yeah. So you, you can't just do that. And I, I don't know. I don't know where he goes from I mean, here. I was trying to think about that because you know he is someone that I think still needs to be prominently featured on Dynamite because the the crowd reaction to him is so strong. <laughs> during 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 the match john silver this doesn't even hurt what are you doing <laughs> when he was doing the shin the sweet shin music yeah yeah he and
1: see that was great because he was just selling that even more you know orange Cassidy already gets the pop but silver just reacting like that was just yeah. even it just made that that whole setup uh just even more uh great and then he ripped his pockets off i do i, I it. know he ripped his damn pockets off man that's kind that's a real slap in the face for orange cassidy man
0: yeah, so we gotta see where Orange Cassidy's going next because that's that's someone I really I have no idea right now where yeah, he goes I, from here. I don't know. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. Uh, next up, speaking of the TNT championship, though, we did already have, I thought this would be later on in the card. I was surprised to see it too. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely surprised to see it here. Cody defending that TNT championship against Darby Allen, who came out driving a, or no, sorry, he wasn't driving it. He was sitting on top of a, like a car that had the face of TNA. I think it was the same car that he ran over that, uh, Cody doll with on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. But he was kind of on and then he shattered the window with his skateboard before he went down to the ring. So that was kind of cool.
1: Yeah, it was kind of cool to see him kind of come in. They kind of they've used that ramp a lot, right, with best friends. Um Uh, being dropped off by Trent's mom Uh, I believe FTR drove a nice old uh, pickup truck uh, when they kind of debuted so they've used that ramp for a lot of really good uh, car and uh, truck spots so I I like
0: it yeah it definitely works out well and then we had the you know overblown entrance for Cody who came out with the (laughs) entire nightmare family uh, including the gun club including what, what is his name? Big, big shorty Lee or something like that. Or big shoddy Lee. I don't know exactly what that guy's. I I forget. I think it's Lee Lee something. I don't know exactly, but yeah, they were know. all out there. They all backed him up in the ring. And Cody's a freaking liar, man, because just the other day he was talking on, on some show. He's like, yeah, I'm getting that Cody Rhodes name back. I'm never going to use it in pro wrestling, but third party deals like the big show on TNT and stuff. Definitely. It'd be nice to have it on there. And then, you know, the American nightmare. Cody Rose (laughs) I was like what are you doing (laughs) I wonder we'll we'll have to see maybe it's just a one time because it's a pay per view and it it probably just feels good Maybe, maybe. I don't care. I hope it sticks around. I think he should use it in pro wrestling. I just think it's funny that literally a day, you know, like two or three days before he's out there publicly saying he's not going to use it. And then like three days later, I get it, though. I get it. The element of surprise. I just thought it was funny.
1: <laughs> well, may- maybe it was uh, just a ploy to get that name back, right? Because so, Vince McMahon owned it. So maybe he was like, yeah, I'll just never use it anyway. And now maybe that was just a ploy to make it look like he wasn't going to with Vince McMahon. And Vince McMahon wouldn't care so much and then give up the rights to it dude this match was awesome
0: this match Uh, was yeah damn good from start to finish I I was thoroughly invested in this I could have I expected this to go with Cody retaining the title there were multiple moments that I thought this match was going to be over uh I, I was dude I was impressed
1: no I was too I, I felt like you there was there was a few times uh, where I thought this match was done and you know Cody or Alan was to kick out and it was very I actually liked the finish it was strange you know because you see that happen sometimes in uh, some of these matches where they uh, you know kick out of a pin move and flip them into a pin move yeah, and kick they, out and and they like
0: multiple reversals back and forth like they did yeah. it I think there was like two or three maybe four
1: yeah and then uh, Darby ends up squeaking out a win and I was like what I was like Holy shit! I did not see that coming. I just thought it would be the spot that where we do that three or four times, and like okay, and then you know they, whatever.
0: But uh, yeah, they yeah pop holy back shit! Up and do something else yeah, after that. But exactly, yeah, that didn't happen. But- and no. this match actually lasted 17 minutes. It actually went a little bit longer than uh, Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega earlier in the night. And it, and again, it didn't even feel like that. But the match, it just felt like it ended so fast because of the, you know, the reversal pins and then one of them actually working out. I wasn't ready for it to be over when, no, no, when it either. ended. That's
1: I. That was the shock factor, I think. Uh, I wasn't ready for it to be over, wasn't
0: expecting it to be over, and I wasn't expecting Darby Allin to win. Yeah. And I think that's what I like about AEW is that they can still get me sometimes yes, with the element of 100%. surprise. Yeah. Like, you I know, not, not, everything, not everything is, you know, as clear cut as you think it's going to be.
1: No, I mean, uh, I think even with us just talking, you know, when we talk about Dynamite, uh, we think sometimes things are going to be a little predictable and they're not. So it's nice to have these whole oh shit moments. Uh, and I loved it. Yeah. So
0: I'm OK With the title change. I think they need to slow down a little bit with the hot potato of the TNT title. I think maybe Darby should have a, I I don't want to say a lengthy run, but at least a couple months of a run. So... We'll see what they do with him now that he is the TNT champion. Did you see the uh, official, what is it? The official TNT channel Twitter account change their profile to just says Darby Allen is our champion. I did not see that. That's, uh, that's awesome. So I thought that was actually kind of cool of them. That's to do really that. cool. The, uh, the post-match stuff was a really cool moment. Darby got really emotional that, uh, you know, that he had finally won a championship with Cody sort of like, I don't want to say passing the torch because Cody still has a lot of juice left to go. The dude's only in his 30s. <laughs> yeah. And he like, didn't
1: he stack on some weight to kind of build up his weight class a little bit? So, I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. He, so he, just, he, yeah.
0: Yeah. But it was a cool moment with him, like passing over the title and, you know, like the whole face of TNT thing. I thought that was really cool. And I thought it was cool with uh, Taz coming out. At the end of this match, and just kind of telling them that he was, you know, sick of the uh, sick of the emotionals bullcrap, and just wanting it to stop.
1: No, I actually thought I wasn't expecting Taz to come out, so I actually thought we we got the moment we wanted, right? With with Darby winning it and Cody being respectful and you know, kind of helping him and handing him the belt, and then all of a sudden, boom, Taz comes out and he's like, "Suck it up, boys," you know, like act like you've won this thing before, but you haven't won this thing before. So no, I think it was another great, well timed Taz promo and it it just it just worked,
0: yeah, and then they had uh I think Ricky Starks took out R Anderson on the outside of the ring, yes, yeah, and then he and Brian Cage took out Darby and Cody inside the ring, and then they ended up taking Darby over to this like full gear set piece they had set up down on the floor and um, threw him through that. It was basically just like a piece of plastic. I think it didn't even break. It yeah, just kind of well, like yeah,
1: it wasn't anything crazy. Yeah,
0: it looked super lame. Actually, I was kind of wishing they didn't do that after they did it because it's like it would have been cooler if I guess if it was like sugar glass or something and it looked like it exploded or broke or something. But because it was just plastic, it looked kind of silly. Um, So I was kind of wishing they didn't do that. But then they took him over to the car and that I was fully behind. I thought they were going to like slam his arm into the door, which, you know, they could have pulled off and made it look really cool without actually doing anything. But. We had Will Hobbs appearing on pay-per-view, chasing Hobbs, chasing off Ricky Starks, chasing off Brian Cage with a steel chair. Man, he almost hit Darby Allin's arm with that steel chair (laughs) when he he swung it at the car. I know I know. that would have (laughs) sucked. But I like that, man. Like, you know, that got us Taz's, you know, team Taz on the pay-per-view. That still got us Will Hobbs on the pay-per-view. And I think that's another thing that AEW has been doing really well. Uh, And I think last night was a great indicator of that. They're still getting people on the shows Without putting them in just like filler matches.
1: Yeah, we we've talked about this numerous times. Uh, AW does a good job of keeping uh, people relevant, even when they don't have a lot of uh, FaceTime in front of the camera. And uh, they did it again very well right here with
0: Taz and, and Team Taz. Yep, Absolutely. Uh, we cut backstage. We do have to mention this because backstage we have the Natural Nightmares talking with Dasha and they announced that um, they would be taking on the Butcher and the Blade in a bunkhouse match this Wednesday coming up on Dynamite. So that's going to be cool. Yeah, right.
1: So even during a pay-per-view, we can already start to look forward to the next Dynamite episode. I love it. And uh, what the hell is a bunkhouse match?
0: Uh, Well, remember, there was a, a bunkhouse
1: buck, I think was his name, wasn't it? Oh man, you know me and how good an, with names I
0: am, Brian. I know. I know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know the bunkhouse. I know the bunkhouse stampede was a a a gimmick tournament back in like the Jim Crockett WCW era, like the late '80s. Uh, but, uh, man, I'm trying to think bunkhouse match. Well,
1: I just looked up bunkhouse match and it gave me bunkha- bunkhouse stampede was a regular battle royal where the wrestlers
0: wore bunkhouse oh, gear. Was, OK, it was a battle royal. Then that's what I was. OK, I was thinking of something. I think that must have been what it was then in the late 80s. I thought it was a they tournament. Ha-
1: I guess they have to wear blue jeans and
0: cowboy boots. And it's similar to a street fight match. OK, yeah. According to this website here, which is very, very old, it's on a tripod hosted website, which I haven't seen in probably 20 years. This Holy is a, a, a glossary on gimmick matches and professional wrestling. Uh, they have they have anything goes match listed. Obviously, we know what that means, and it says other names used for this match can include hardcore match, a bunkhouse match, a bunkhouse brawl, a street fight, a death match, a lights out match, or a rest in peace match. So it's basically I'm just resting. an anything goes okay. match. Okay. <laughs> but if they wear blue jeans, I am totally behind that. <laughs> blue jeans and cowboy boots has I'm, to be cowboy bu- boots I am as well. down, dude. I am down with that. I think that they should do that. <laughs>
1: Uh, no, I agree. I'm, I'm excited. Like I said, it's already got us talking about
0: uh, Dynamite. And, yeah. you know, well, um, they announced we're going to see the Lucha Bros part two, which is fucking awesome. Like Penta L0M and Ray Phoenix again on Dynamite. Yes, I definitely will watch that. And oh, yeah. uh, we're we're going to see take on T taking on a red velvet. So yeah,
1: that's awesome. and what Brandy will be in one corner and um, Anna Jay uh, in the other. Anna Jay will be in the other corner. So we're still we're, again. We're keeping even more uh, wrestlers, you know, they need to make in- take
0: on T an official member of the Dark Order. Why they haven't done that yet. I don't know.
1: <sighs> well, she did get the letter, right? She got an yeah, envelope. That was with like an offer. four
0: months ago. Oh,
1: yeah, it was a little while ago for sure.
0: Yeah, that was forever ago. So. Uh, speaking of the women, we cut to the AEW Women's World Championship match. We had Hikaru Shida defending against Nyla Rose, who was out there with Vicky Guerrero. Nyla Rose channeling Sub-Zero from Mortal Kombat last night with her new gear. I thought that was actually really cool.
1: Uh, yeah, It took me a second to realize, but yeah, I mean, I'm a huge Mortal Kombat guy and a huge Sub-Zero, and it was a really cool outfit.
0: Um, So I think both girls deserve an insane amount of credit here, dude. This was a really good women's title match, and they told a fantastic story in the ring. Uh,
1: No, I I actually agree because, you know, we have seen them wrestle a few times for this belt, so it was nothing new there. But no, I agree. There was a lot of storytelling. I like that Vicky actually got involved in this match. Finally, we kind of get to see.
0: Yeah, Vicky got involved multiple times.
1: Yeah, uh we got to see, you know, those heel tactics and we finally got to uh, because we've been waiting, we we've been waiting to see what Vicky Guerrero is going to bring to this stable or whatever you want to call it and uh I was glad to see her get involved. The my only complaint was this match just felt like it, the the ending was a little weird, and it just it just felt like it went on just a tad bit too long. But I don't want
0: to take away from how great I thought this match really was. I love the fact that at one point, uh, Hikaru Shida did like this avalanche top rope falcon arrow thing. Yes. And then pin oh Nyla, Nyla Rose clearly had the three count and then just picked her up by her hair with this like... One of the evilest, cutest, yes. vicious smiles I've ever seen.
1: <laughs> Which happened just a few moments after Nyla Rose had just kind of done the same thing by pulling her shoulders up. Yeah. Um yeah. moments before. So it was kind of nice for Sheeta to kind of get the last laugh in a sense, because you would never expect Sheeta to lift Nyla Rose's shoulders and stop the count. So yes, the the shitty grin she had on her face, uh, that was a great spot. And I got concerned, man. I got concerned. Yes. Because
0: right. uh uh, after they did that, Vicky Guerrero hit Hikaru Shida with the kendo stick on the outside. So I was like, oh no, she's actually going to lose the title. But she didn't. She retained. No. And I think that was the right call. I don't think it was time for Hikaru Shida to lose yet I don't think it was time for her to lose that title so I'm very glad to see that she retained
1: Uh, no me as well Um, what I I like uh, that they've done with uh, Nyla Rose is they've really changed her character since she started like she was just like this big powerful beast that have these just like quick matches and I like that they've kind of toned her down a little bit and let her because we can tell there's clearly talent especially with this match that just went on with the storytelling so I'm glad that they've toned that like I don't know, beasts, big
0: woman mode down on her and really let
1: her, uh, wrestling shine.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that even though she lost this match, she still, you know, is going to go on. I think she should kind of, you know, still be this dominating presence within the women's division because that's what she does best. But no, what's interesting is that after the match, you know, yeah. she does get the victory. And I think obviously we know where, where she's going after this match, right? It's clearly in heading towards the path of Britt Baker. Like, of course, she definitely is heading toward Britt Baker at this point. It too. to. Um, Nyla Rose after the match kind of gets berated a little bit by Vicky Guerrero, who's in the ring screaming at her, and then slaps her. And I was like, "Oh man, she's just yeah. gonna just gonna powerbomb Vicky through a table <laughs> yep. or or something." You know what I mean? Like something's gonna happen here, and this this partnership. What what are they called? The the vicious v- vixens, or what the what the fuck do they call themselves? I, that something sounds about cougars. Right. I don't know exactly what they call themselves, but I thought this whole partnership was like it was over before it really kind of even began and like served no purpose. But Nyla Rose just took it, just kind of took it and stood there. Vicky yeah. kind of stormed off and Nyla just kind of like sulking head down a little bit kind of following her. So that was kind of interesting.
1: It was. And I was hoping that like nothing crazy was going to happen because we really haven't got to see this duo. Yeah, I didn't shine want them anywhere. to break up yet. I no, didn't me want neither. them to break up. So. Me neither. So maybe this, I don't know, maybe this turns uh, Nyla Rose back into the beast. Uh, I don't know. But uh, yeah, to take that slap, like holy smokes and not want to powerbomb her or something. Uh, it was it was crazy so i'm glad that it didn't end up the way that it looked like it was going to go because these these this duo this team has a lot more to show us yeah
0: i 100% agree uh, we then have the AEW World Tag Team titles on the line. We had FTR defending against the Young Bucks in what was billed as this dream tag team match, the best tag team match we were ever going to say. And I'm I'm going to just start off by saying I think this was one of the best tag team matches I've ever personally had a chance to see.
1: Uh, I would agree with that. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, we you can't talk great tag matches without Uh, the TLC matches with the Hardy Boys, the Dudley Boys and Edge and Christian. But uh, I 100% agree. This is probably a top five tag match that I've ever watched.
0: Yeah, definitely in the discussion for greatest tag team match of all time. But easily, even if it's not the best, it's definitely going to be a top five match, I think, if, if anybody puts together the top five tag team matches of all time, this one will always make the cut type of a thing. I love the storytelling here. I love the uh, the different dynamics of the two different styles utilized by FTR, utilized by the Young Bucks. I loved all of the shout outs and callbacks and respect paying moments that both of these teams kind of showed toward Tag teams of the past like the Dudley Boys, like the Hardy Boys, yes. like Edge and Christian. Uh FTR shouting out DIY, Johnny Gargano, and Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah, you know, a tag team, a tag team that they had some of their best matches ever with. I thought that was really cool. You know, we, we didn't get a shout out to the Legion of Doom. I was kind of sad we didn't get a Doomsday device somewhere in this match. We had shout outs to the Heart Foundation. We had the Sharpshooters Galore. Uh, so many shout outs to different tag teams of the past. And I absolutely absolutely loved it, man. I, I thought this was just the, you know, it, it really was something special.
1: No, it was. Like you said, the, uh, them, all the callbacks uh, to all the the tag teams before them and ones that have influenced their careers. It's really something special uh, to kind of sit back and kind of see those moves and the shout outs and all that be uh, in this match and I 100% agree with you. Like It, it, it was just, it, it kind of gives me goosebumps um, because there are so many great tag uh teams out there and it was kind of nice and i think these guys you know appreciate that they paved the road for guys like this to kind of set up a match like this so uh no i absolutely love this match i love the again the storytelling um and yeah i I wasn't sure where this match was gonna go because again there was a lot of great spots a lot of kickouts um you know we focused on like
0: it was never gonna end and that was okay with me because i never never wanted it to end No, it never felt like it went on too long. It kept building up. Like I kept waiting for that climax moment. And then like the (laughs) moment where I thought that it would start building to the end. And I never felt like it was building to the end. Like I just felt like it kept going and going and going and going and going. I mean, I looked at the official time. It was the longest match on the card by several minutes. It got 28 minutes. It almost hit that 30 minute mark. Okay, But I never wanted it to end. Like I seriously wanted this to keep going.
1: No, I agree. It never once uh, did I feel like, man, would this match just end. Um, I was nervous that uh, the injured leg or knee or whatever of Matt Jackson would kind of be the story, but uh, what It wasn't. and they they, no, they, they used it once. Up. Yes, they, they on a few times, there were a few spots where, you know, you know, he, he grabbed his leg and noticed it kind of affected him. But what Dax split his hand open, punching, uh, punching rail like ring
0: post, I believe, or yeah, something. the ring
1: post. So that started to become a focus. So I liked that. Now we had, you know, the young bucks kind of had the, the leg that injury was a but legitimate
0: then- injury to Dax oh, Hardwood no. that was a legitimate yeah. injury because he no, had 100 like, he had to quickly eventually get out there and have it you know kind of wrapped up because it just wouldn't it was it was a pretty decent gash on the side oh, of yeah. his hand and yeah, it was that, like gushing blood there for a, a couple of minutes he had like run out there and get it wrapped up and it just like immediately bled through the wrap the gauze that they put on there and then I noticed that like he you know he used that in the match later on because he was doing punches and then like he kind of like kind of forgot about his hand and he's like oh type thing and kind of like yeah. selling that a little bit I'm sure it hurt like a motherfucker but he was he he was still selling it you know really really well uh eventually they they pulled off nick jackson's boot or i'm sorry uh matt jackson's boot and um you know, we're kind of working on the angle or the ankle there. I Dude, the, the storytelling was so good. And of course, they had that stipulation to where the Young Bucks, if they would have lost, they would have never been able to challenge for the AEW World Tag Team titles again. Tully Blanchard was obviously barred from ringside. But you and I had talked about the fact that we didn't want somebody else to be never able to challenge for a title again. Like, I think it's already dumb that Cody can't ever challenge for the uh, for, I almost said NWA uh, <laughs> heavyweight title because <laughs> I'm still thinking about that being a division after we talked about it and i still would absolutely love that but the uh the aew world title cody can never challenge for but we don't have to worry about that because the young bucks did pick up the victory although the end of the match i i know you and sev were kind of disappointed in how the match ended you know with uh ftr i think it was cash wheeler right he kind of abandoned the yeah, no flips the, just fists, fists. uh yeah, mentality exactly. yeah and went for a 450 splash kind of trying to adapt to the young buck style completely missed uh you know what took a super kick i think it was matt that actually delivered the super kick and was able to pick up the victory yes without without
1: the boot on without the barefoot. yeah yeah uh yeah i mean that was a match absolutely 100 of a match uh i wonder yeah if that's uh you know trying to do that splash is is that gonna create a little um i don't know like bad vibes in that tag match or the tag team uh with ftr um so it'll be kind of again curious to see where this is going to go after they take the loss because ftr had a lot of momentum um glad uh, glad to see the young bucks win it because yeah like you said we we didn't want to see where the young bucks couldn't challenge because th- the we we talk about it every week. there are so many tag teams in aew, and it would be unfortunate for the young bucks never to be able to challenge for the belts. so I'm glad that they won. I was still actually kind of shocked that they won like in the back of my mind, I just still felt like maybe FTR was gonna win so this was another match again that I wasn't exactly sure where it was going um so I, I'm happy with the results and again it, you're like you said it, it was a hell of a match
0: yeah, I one hundred percent agree definitely. (sighs) definitely i had to think about it for a second definitely the match of the night but i would agree with that i can agree with that yeah i had to think about it for a second because i really almost wanted to say kenny omega and adam page but
1: maybe if that match
0: would have went on a little longer right (laughs) maybe because you know ftr and the bucks did get an additional 12 minutes that they didn't get so but either way yeah definitely match of the night uh, fantastic, fantastic job.
1: And then uh, what happened? Didn't uh, didn't Omega come out? Yeah. Kenny right?
0: Omega came out kind of hugging Matt and Nick after the match. And then we saw glimpses of yes. Adam Page kind of standing in the darkness of the tunnel and the shadows yeah. with, a, with 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 the drink in hand. Of course, they, you uh, know, of they burnt, course, the, I
1: wouldn't expect anything less. And they never mentioned it. All they said eventually no. was.
0: Did you did did we was that was there someone standing in the tunnel? Like that's kind of all they said on commentary.
1: Yep. So I like that we didn't completely dive into it, but we were left wondering. Was he gonna come out? Did he wanna come celebrate? You know, and he so did he did not. No, he did not. He ended up turning around and walking away. So I, I don't even think the Young Bucks or Omega knew that he was standing uh in the tunnel. So again, where is this going? But yeah, I'm pretty so to see where it goes. It
0: clearly is not over. Like nope. it, the storyline between the entire elite, all four of them, is definitely gonna keep going. It felt like we were building to a conclusion of that storyline, but I'm glad that they found ways to keep it interesting and going because I I think it's a great storyline. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Uh, We had the cinematic matchup next, the elite deletion between Sammy Guevara and Matt Hardy. This was being touted as the match. Matt Hardy was never able to produce before in, uh, in WWE. You know, he's always wanted kind of to do this like over the top cinematic type match. And that's exactly what this was, man. This had everything from Matt Hardy's broken universe. In one uh, match.
1: Uh, it did. Uh, it was a really great match. And I you know, we talked about it on Discord because I couldn't remember, but it was weird to have commentary during one of these. Right. Because the ones that WWE have done don't typically have commentary in them.
0: Yeah. Thinking back specifically, um, you know, I think the only two I've seen, I know they've done several since, but I know I watched the Boneyard match between Undertaker and AJ Styles, and I did watch the one between uh, Braun and Bray the, the swamp match. Yeah. I think those are the two cinematic matches that I've seen in WWE. WWE. And I can't say that there were commentary in them. I think they were completely silent besides the match itself. So yeah. it was different hearing commentary, but I got to say, I think I liked it more with commentary because it, it felt like it was happening at that moment. And like, yes. the, they like the fans were just kind of getting to see it live type of it. The, even though, you know, this was filmed previously and you know that it was produced the hell out of, it felt like it was live. The commentary made it feel more authentic. And I, I think I liked the production and the presentation style better.
1: Uh, no, I agree. I, I wasn't sure why I liked it so much more, and now that we we've talked and I've had time to think about it, it is again, yeah, the, having the commentary in that match and it making it feel like it was happening live. It, uh, that's what I enjoyed about it. So I really like the way this started off, though, right? With Sammy Guevara rolling up in the golf cart, running over, uh, you know, a little uh, child's toy.
0: Yeah, Ken Maxwell, then, dude, lost
1: his little toy truck. I know, man. I'm so so sad about that. And then, uh, but Matt Hardy got one leg up with the damn monster truck running over uh, Sammy Guevara's damn golf cart.
0: And that was probably one of my favorite parts of this match. And then he gets out. That's what you call a squash match or something. (laughs) (laughs) I love the little inside, you know, industry references kind of made that Matt Hardy makes throughout the match. Uh, You know, we got to see Neo one because Vanguard one was destroyed, remember? So this is Neo one now. So that was there. I mean, all the callbacks, the 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 chair of wheels was kind of in that room the <laughs> mower of lawns was in that room there were so many references and so many different things you know they were just kind of brawling in the uh brawling in the garden and just kind of like in the trees and I I just loved it dude the tiki torches surrounding the ring that they one of the there were several rings set up oh, on yeah. the uh, the Hardy compound uh one of them built out in basically just like Matt Hardy's side yard they had a bunch of tiki torches around it I freaking loved that uh, they eventually made their way over. Oh, I guess we should mention while they were in the ring, we had, uh, you know, more keeping other people that weren't featured in matches relevant. As we talked about earlier on, they had proud and powerful Santana and Ortiz featured in this match uh, private party featured in this match. So they kind of was like they were like an impromptu match in the side yard while oh, yeah. Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara kind of continued the main match. Uh, they went down to the, the Lake of Reincarnation. They found the staff of of in the fountain, Dan. (laughs) It was still there. It was hidden in the fountain for Matt Hardy to use. But then they make their way down to the um, to the Lake of Reincarnation. And lo and behold, who shows up, Dan? The fucking hurricane, Shane it's Helms. A hurricane. There's a hurricane coming through. We, we kind of were trying to think like who who could possibly appear on full gear. And then we kind of were thinking like ties to Matt Hardy, because, again, like I said on, on the show the other day, very easy to keep that remained a, a surprise because, you know, no one's going to see this till they air it. So correct. I was glad that prediction came true. But I was even more excited to see Gangrel.
1: Uh, yeah, that was uh, that took me one like a second. I was like, "Who is it? Holy shit, that's Gangrel!" Like that was uh probably uh, uh one of my favorite parts of this pay per view
0: was seeing that because uh well, I mean, when's the last time you've seen him? Well, that's what I was thinking about, like, man, so popular during the Attitude Era with the Broods alongside Edge and Christian. You know, they still have one of the greatest entrance themes, I think, of all time. Their entrance Uh, rising up from the ramp throughout that circle of fire still gives me goosebumps thinking about. And that was easily... 20 years ago and I know we've seen him a little bit since then I think he may have had like a run in Impact Wrestling that I remember or at least somewhere that I remember seeing him at least at one point in my life in the last 20 years outside of WWE but not often and he doesn't look that bad like he doesn't look like he aged much he still kind of looks like Gangrel
1: yeah just maybe he was slightly bigger maybe but I mean yeah yeah, a little bit bigger
0: probably not as in shape anymore but still looks like Gangrel
1: yeah, it was it was it was a really cool spot. Uh, really cool moment. Um Yeah. And they just the great things you can do with these cinematic matches. They uh, had a firework battle.
0: Yeah. Uh, what do
1: you call a Roman, Roman candle it battle? Yep, They yeah, fucking was... were
0: shooting Roman candles at each other, charging at each other with Roman candles. This was absolutely insane. Gangrel apparently is a part of the inner circle now because he was helping them. I mean, I think he was just there as like a. A
1: honorary member.
0: And I I don't want to say honorary member. I want to say as like a a like dark figure for this cinematic match. And there are some ties to it because Edge and Christian really did have some incredible battles with the Hardys and Edge and Christian, you know, were were a part of the brood alongside Gangrel. So there is some ties that you can kind of connect to why he was there as this like dark figure. So. Uh, if if you're struggling to make sense of it, but I, I don't, I, I was making jokes that he was part of the inner circle. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they threw the hurricane into the lake of reincarnation, and then he came back out as like the reporter. And was interviewing yeah. them. And then he got thrown back into the lake and he popped back out as the hurricane again. Yeah, I thought that, that was, was a, a, a funny moment. I was glad to see him there. That definitely means that, you know, he, he is done working as a, as a producer for WWE. I would have to assume. I would hope so. Yeah. Uh, We then go into the like garage area where another ring was set up And they do this table spot. That ladder seemed really tall.
1: (laughs) Was it really tall or was it just that the 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 building they were in was
0: very short? No, I think it was the perspective of seeing the ladder inside the building. But the perspective made the ladder seem ungodly tall.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, he could have freaking hung on to the damn rafters.
0: Yeah. Uh, So he does like this sent on splash to Matt Hardy. And then they do this like spot that kind of called back to their match from all out where uh, or uh, was it all out? Yeah, it was all out where they speared each other off of that thing. And Matt Hardy hit his head on the ground. They kind of did it again. But Sammy Guevara hit his head on the ground and was busted open, which led which led us to a like, quote unquote, concerto. I know that's what I called it. And it's not really a concerto because no, that was two, two chairs for concerto, concerto.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: But it was sort of like a concerto because he had uh, he had Sammy Guevara down on the concrete and then kind of like slammed him in the back of his head with a steel chair and was able to pick up the victory.
1: Yeah, this uh I love the way that it finished. Um I love that Matt Hardy got the win. Uh yeah, everything about this match was great. It was funny, it was serious, there were really good spots, cameos. Uh, I mean, I don't think you can ask uh, for anything else out of a cinematic match. This really just hit, just checked all the boxes and uh, it was a great match.
0: And it was incredibly long. Yeah. It went for almost 25 minutes. I think the official time was like 23 or 24 minutes. Like this match was long. It was the second longest match on the card. The longest cinematic match, the longest cinematic match we've ever seen. Okay. Yeah. So definitely a, a surprise. I think I re- I read reports that the live crowd was getting a bit restless because the match did go on so long. But sitting at home, comfortable as hell, high as hell on the couch. I fucking <laughs> loved it, dude. I was loving every minute. Of, and I got to say, dude, if you don't enjoy cinematic matches, try watching them high because that makes it even fucking better. <laughs>
1: Oh man, I'd love to, I wish my job would allow me,
0: but, uh, I can't, and but your Benjamin was there. He drove Senor. out the trash because yes. they stuffed, uh, Sammy Guevara into a trash can, which I have to assume as soon as they stuffed him in, because the camera, you know, we got a different shot after that. I have to assume yeah. that that I was, would hope you so. know, he got out of the trash can by that point. <laughs> yeah, I would hope so. But, uh, yeah, puts him in the back of the truck and Old Senor Benjamin driving and taking out the trash to let us to the end of the match. That was awesome, dude. We had uh yeah. we had Private Party, we had Matt Hardy, we had uh Senor Benjamin there with fireworks exploding and Rebbe playing the piano. Like I said, dude, it had everything from the broken Matt Hart universe or Matt Hart, Matt Hardy universe in one match. So it felt like a, a conclusion to that almost. Like he was saying farewell to that.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. It would be kind of nice to end the feud with that uh, because I yeah, mean, I it think actually, that should end it. That should definitely I agree end because it. Uh, as we're going to talk about next, the inner circle is about to get a little crazy. So it'll be curious to see where these storylines
0: go. Yeah. Where does Matt Hardy? I don't, I don't know that Matt Hardy needs like a prominent role because I don't know that that's like what he should be doing right now. I think Matt Hardy is kind of should just take the the kind of the Chris Jericho approach and just have like random feuds with people and elevate people because that's what he's best at doing right now.
1: Uh, no, I agree with that. I mean, again, the uh, just the knowledge that he has. I mean, you know, we've seen him with private party uh so maybe he could also stand that kind of role, like a managerial role. But I, I'm sure he probably wants to wrestle still. Um, yeah, no, so. and I think
0: he should still wrestle. But no, I'm saying I, that I, I think I, it I should just be like random feuds against people here and there that just help elevate some of these guys's career that are still, you know, struggling and getting their start and that kind of stuff.
1: No, I agree. Uh, yeah. So uh, maybe we'll get a little clarification uh, this week, this Wednesday
0: on Dynamite. Uh, that led us to a backstage segment with Jake Robertson, Landmark. Lance Archer, Jake Roberts, who, unfortunately, I just saw today uh, was diagnosed with a a serious condition of COPD. Oh, really? I did not see that. Yeah. So he's definitely struggling with that. So hopefully, uh, hopefully he's able to, you know, find some comfort. And obviously our thoughts are with him as he deals with that. But he was out there with Lance Archer and I thought they cut a hell of a promo, man. Like reminding us why Lance Archer should not be forgotten.
1: But yeah, I mean, we talked about it earlier, you know, Lance Archer, we haven't really got to see a whole lot of him, but these promos that these two cut are are amazing. So it was nice to, again, get a little bit of a promo during this to kind of remind us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they are here. So hopefully, hopefully we start getting to see these guys as
0: a mainstay somewhere. That's going to take us to the co-main event. MJF taking on Chris Jericho. If MJF wins, he gets to become, I guess we should say, and Wardlow because they kept referencing it all. night. I didn't know Wardlow was included in the equation, but they referenced it on the pre-show and they referenced it multiple times on commentary. Well, Wardlow was included uh, in the equation. So it's if MJF wins him and Wardlow get to become a part of the inner circle entrances, man, I love that they killed the lights And then they kind of had the uh, MJF kind of in there with the jacket that sort of looked like Chris Jericho's old jacket that lit up in WWE. I loved it. I thought it was brilliant, man.
1: No, I, I, yeah, I noticed that as well. Really loved that spot.
0: Yeah, super cool. Having him come down there with that robe uh, looked awesome. And then Chris Jericho got one of, I think, the loudest ovations ever with just a thousand fans providing it like it was so loud
1: yeah well again i think also you know like you said the fans are getting restless so this was the match right after the cinematic match so they were ready right they've been sitting there resting so they were were ready to fire
0: they were ready dude they were ready to sing some judas and they came through jericho's face he looked so humbled man like it was it was very cool to see
1: i i think it's really cool uh and i think these guys appreciate it especially with what's going on you know in the world these guys you know you have fans that come out to the uh ring or come out to the stadium and uh, do that to support these guys. I think it's
0: a really cool moment for him. I think this match wasn't nearly as good as I wanted it to be. I think this match is the first match of the show that struggled with pacing, that struggled with uh, – you know what, man? I, I think we just need to say Jericho looked a little sluggish. Uh,
1: I Okay. So I'm glad you said that because, I, I mean, I did have that wrote down and I was hoping that I wasn't going to be the only one on this podcast to say that because, you know, you don't want to – I mean, it's, it's fucking Chris he's Jericho. One of, he's but, one uh, of the
0: greatest of all time, but he's yeah. also – not 20 years old. He's not no, 30 he's years not. old. <laughs> no, he's not he... even 40 years old. Chris Jericho is going to start slowing down at some point. And I think yeah. he's at that point. Nobody, nobody can beat father time in a wrestling match. Yeah, I think I think Chris Jericho is just, you know, he's 49 years old. He'll be, be be wait Actually, tomorrow's his birthday. He will be 50 years old tomorrow. November oh, 9th, wow. 1970. He was born. So he will be 50 years old tomorrow. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to happen. He's still way better than most 50-year-old wrestlers. Like, you look at The Undertaker, who's just a couple years older. He looks like a fucking great-grandpa next to Chris Jericho. He has a hard time walking down to the ring. Yeah, he can't even get down to the ring. Chris Jericho can go. This match went, what? This match went 16 minutes. This match was just as long as Omega and Page that started the show. Chris Jericho can still go. He can go, but it's just a slow time getting there.
1: No, it is. It is. Uh, I actually do enjoy that this was just kind of a, a Jericho match, though. Uh, just with some of the well, this is a this was a, a a good Jericho MJF match. The way that it finished, some of the shenanigans going on in the match. I think it's. Uh, Uh, It worked well uh, and played well for both of them. And so I was I was happy, uh, you know, we we got to see, uh, obviously, the dynamite diamond ring. uh, And we also got to see uh, Jericho's uh, bat uh, make their
0: weight. And then uh, MJF kind of outsmarting Jericho a little bit. Did uh, a Jericho move did a Jericho drop down to the mat, pretended like he got hit by the bat. So the referee would kind of look at Jericho and maybe disqualify him. That didn't happen. But Jericho did turn his back to MJF while Aubrey Edwards was kind of getting the bat out of the ring. MJF quickly rolling Jericho up, grabbing the tights and got the victory, which means MJF and Wardlow are now in the inner circle.
1: Yeah. And uh, we, you know, they, they got in the ring and it was kind of curious to see what was going to happen. We were going to go for blows, but I think, Jericho appreciated the way that MJF won this and uh kind of welcomed him to uh the inner circle with open arms. So uh, yeah, it, it's going to be curious because we know the other members of the inner circle weren't happy about any of this. So Specifically, say,
0: uh, Sammy Guevara and Ortiz do not want MJF in the inner circle. Santana said he doesn't give a shit. We already know. He doesn't care. Uh, and, and Jake Hager seems like, I mean, he he seems like he's destined to have a feud now with Wardlow for like the biggest dude in the inner circle. And I like that. I want to yeah, see Yeah, I that. like that too. I want to see it too. I want to see it too. And, and I clearly obviously think that we you kind of expect this storyline to go with jericho and mjf kind of continuing their feud and kind of trying to gain control of the inner circle
1: yeah I, I i a part of me feels like that maybe mjf takes over the inner circle with maybe a, I, I don't know it just that's just kind of how where i think this is going but uh, well, maybe
0: jericho is is starting to think about
1: winding down Maybe he's maybe I mean, he's possible. Is there could have been a plan that that could yeah, have been a plan I mean, to kind of help AEW kind of take off, have that Chris Jericho name, you know, put the belt on him, let us do his thing. Because as it champion. has been a year,
0: it has been it a has year. Been. And you have to assume, you know, he's probably not done because obviously he's going to be feuding with MJF for control of the inner circle. Uh, there's still room for him to like maybe do, a, you know, when he gets booted out one last run as a baby face, one last run as a champion again, and then maybe even start slowing down and, and transitioning over to commentary, which, you know, he wants to do.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's gold. I mean, that's the nice thing, right? He's, uh a lot it of feels like, it
0: feels like he's destined to replace Jim Ross. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, I, I agree. You know, mo- most wrestlers when they get to retirement i mean hell look at rick flair he's still hanging on uh and the dude is is i mean he looks rough sometimes so it's nice that uh jericho kind of already knows that he has a career in commentating when he can
0: actually hang up the wrestling boots so yeah yeah it just feels like because i think you know tony Schiavone, chris jericho and excalibur that's a hell of a commentating crew right there
1: uh yeah i like it i i i, I can't argue with that right there
0: Yeah. And dude, like I thought about it last night on commentary, but after like kind of, you know, I was a little bit familiar with Excalibur, but it's Excalibur, but it's not like I was hearing him on a weekly basis like we have been on Dynamite and these pay-per-views. I think at this point, Excalibur is one of the best in the business, and I think that he is somebody that a commentary team should be built around
1: his knowledge man like they can ask him there was a few times where they asked uh wh- what was oh uh somebody asked uh during the Kenny Omega uh, page match they asked where he got the name cleaner and he was answering the question so oh he just I knows know everything
0: that. dude they yeah, they I even asked him insane. like wh- they are like do you know why th-? he's like i absolutely do know why this is here and he just goes off on all these like random fell like damn man you kill it <laughs> no he i mean he
1: studies man i mean he probably uh, he, he just he just knows he lives and he breathes he is yeah, perfect I, on I commentary agree. no he is i agree perfect
0: on commentary and i don't ever want aew to let go of excalibur he should be on their commentary team until that company folds if it ever does or he retires one of the two
1: uh yeah i i, I can't argue i 100 agree with that
0: that's gonna take us to a backstage segment we had uh best friends trent Chucky e. T, Orange Cassidy back there, and Miro and Kip Sabian and uh, Penelope Ford kind of interrupt, and basically Kip wants an apology, and they weren't having any of it. Orange no, Cassidy hey, did apologize, <laughs> he <but> did. <laughs> Kip Sabian did slap him, and you know, was like that's not good enough. And the best friends were all ready to go, and then Orange Cassidy's like, no, 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 we're we're cool, we're cool, and and walked away. So maybe that's what's next. Maybe um, maybe we are getting Miro, Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford to feud with um, best friends. I'm, I mean, clearly that's what they're pointing toward.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's been building, you know, when Trent smashed the arcade machine, it's it's kind of been building. Um, so, yeah, again, it was nice to kind of get Miro and Kip Sabian uh, shown on the pay-per-view. And yeah, and now we kind of know maybe where the, this is headed. I
0: wonder if they will do a, a six man tag. And have Penelope Ford in the match, because I think her and Orange Cassidy could actually pull off some really cool stuff together in the ring. Uh,
1: I I I actually uh, I agree with that. Yeah, uh, I think that would actually be very entertaining.
0: Yeah, I think that'd be cool. I think they maybe should do that because, uh, you know, it, it, it's not like she's going to be in there with uh, she's not going to wrestle. Chuck. No. She's not going to wrestle no. Trent. She's going to no. wrestle Orange Cassidy. And I think yeah. that'd be cool. No, I, yeah, that that I, I kind of want to see that uh, we have the main event up next. We have the AEW World Heavyweight title on the line. Jon Moxley defending against Eddie Kingston and this match again. The, so the last two matches of the pay-per-view, they definitely lost momentum after the Elite deletion when they came back. And that is unfortunate because everything up to and including the Elite deletion was incredible. Like they they were building so much steam. But it's like they ran out of track and the fucking train just drove off a cliff after that, man, because (laughs) the, uh, you know, the match before with MJF and Jericho, while it was good, it definitely struggled. And this match, while they told an incredible story and the emotion and the powerfulness of Eddie Kingston's promos and, you know, Moxley's promos and everything that's been building up to this, I was ready and I thought it was very brutal. I thought it was really good, but it still struggled
1: uh no i agree um we did get some blood you know we talked about uh it actually was kind of surprising that cody uh did not uh, bleed because he usually bleeds in matches uh yeah. that are on pay-per-views but uh yeah. we did and get think, a bunch of blood
0: th- we had blood and i think we only had one canadian destroyer all night and it was in uh, the yeah. uh john silver orange cassidy match i think yeah
1: yeah so i mean you think pay-per-views i mean we should at least get like
0: double digit right five five or six at least canadian destroyers <laughs> um but no i mean Seven people should have been bleeding, not just one. Uh, No, we had two. Sammy bled as well
1: so yeah uh, so yeah this this match was what we thought it was going to be these guys were going to beat the living shit out of each other and they did there was bob wire there was thumbtacks
0: and then just to add salt to the wound there was freaking rubbing alcohol my so, god can you imagine like there's no way that was real rubbing alcohol but if it was how bad that would burn
1: uh, yeah considering because this is right after uh, Moxley got slammed on some thumbtacks so I mean you yeah. have all them thumbtacks all over your back you got all those open wounds and then yeah, kicks and pours a damn bottle of freaking rubbing alcohol. I could only imagine if that was really rubbing alcohol, which I think it was because, I mean, he had to break the seal and everything. Yeah, I mean... Did he break the seal? I don't. I don't. I Maybe he did. I don't yes, because he t- he took the lid off, and then he you could tell that he like poked his his finger I wonder through if the they seal. set so.
0: on, so that people would would think that or would know that it was real. Because I didn't catch that. Yeah, so. I,
1: I I did catch that.
0: So I wonder if they left that in so that way we could infer that it was real. But man, that would just dude, that would burn so bad. Oh, yeah, would I would have,
1: yeah, because then it's still in the mat, right? So even like if you roll on it, I mean, rubbing alcohol would burn. So yeah. uh yeah, I, I agree. The momentum uh, got lost in these last two matches. Um, this one, I mean, you know, we just with with what kind of match it is, and these guys aren't really high flyers. I think maybe no, if it was a little more it high was, flying. It was, the,
0: it was the storytelling and psychology of the match itself that I think made it good, but the actual like some of the spots and some of the wrestling was kind of sloppy.
1: No, uh, yeah, but no, but I, the I, the hardcore
0: mentality of it, the the weapons that they used, again, the story that they told, the emotion displayed between both dudes, I thought they they did a really good job. You know, I I was also glad that they didn't kind of go the cheap route and use the recording of moxley saying i quit from dynamite last week like we kind of speculated might happen i was glad they didn't go that route
1: no i I was actually happy with the way that this uh match ended obviously i'm a moxley fan but to you know to use the bob wire and then use the chokehold, man like holy shit i mean that was really a uh uh, a, a crazy way to get him to say, I quit. But uh, yeah, John Moxley did get Eddie Kingston to say, I quit. But it took, yeah, it took, choking, it, it took choking a him with barbed
0: wire, yeah. choking him with barbed wire. But yeah, Eddie Kingston did quit uh, something I, I actually didn't think was uh, was going to happen. But he absolutely did. So,
1: well, I, I, I think uh, I think the Kenny, uh, the Omega, the page match kind of foreshadowed what was going to happen here. Um, I, I think we talked about it with our predictions. I think if, if it could have been, if Paige would have won, then maybe Kingston, I could have seen winning this, but I really just did not see Moxley losing this match, especially after Omega won his match earlier in the night.
0: Yeah. And then we had after the match, Moxley helping up, uh, Eddie Kingston, who didn't want to have any part of it, you know, kind of backing himself up into the corner and then leaving the ring makes me wonder if the... I, I want to say the matches between Kingston and Moxley are over, and I think that they are, at least for now. But I don't know that the story's over between the two. I could see there being some sort of story told here. I would I, I, not with Moxley joining up with Eddie Kingston, though that would be cool. I would be OK with that, actually. I don't I wouldn't be OK with that. I would be OK if they joined forces. <laughs> I would absolutely be OK if they joined forces. Fuck, actually that's what I want to happen. Because we know is gonna drop this title soon.
1: Well, okay, so if Moxley drops the title, then sure they can team up and then that way they can be relevant, uh, go for the tag belts, but as far or as it stands a, now. Or just
0: be a part as of that of that team, that stable, because it would be cool to see Mox do that after this, you know, probably turn heel. Maybe uh dude, that'd be cool. I like it. I think I should do I, that. See,
1: I, I don't, I see. I don't like him joining that, but I mean, that's, you know, that's what make the world go around. That's
0: the only way I can get behind Moxley. So <laughs> you're trying, <laughs> I, I, I can appreciate that, Brian. I can appreciate that, <laughs> but I'm totally behind Kenny Omega coming down to the ring to close out the show, staring Moxley down, picking up a thumbtack off the mat, staring Moxley down. Oh man, I am ready for Kenny Omega to be, become champion.
1: Uh, yeah I unfortunately think it's gonna happen I am fine with that but it was kind of uh, kind of telling though. Um, that Kenny w- Omega with him did. picking up the thumbtack. Well, no, with no with him not coming into the ring, kind of saying this is going to happen on my terms. Oh, I get you. Is, okay, okay. It's, it's going to be a straight up match. We're not going to do a hardcore match because Omega knows, you know, they've already had that match. And what kind of hell, you know, this is going to be for the belt. I want this to be a, a three counts uh in the ring, just straight up old fashioned wrestling match. Three count,
0: man, going really back to WCW days it wasn't that uh i think that was i think shane helms was a part of three count was he not um
1: i i want to say he was but
0: i i he was three have... count was shane okay. Helms, shannon moore and evan courageous oh wow okay wow man that was a good story back. really yeah yeah <laughs> but i think this is just gonna be uh
1: just a normal i don't think there's gonna be any uh stipulations i think this will just be a normal uh championship match me too. And that's what it should be. That's what it should no, be. So the, qu- the question
0: will be, do they drag it out? To February. Is that our February pay-per-view main event? Because I think it should be. Or do they do it at like maybe the beach special in January? Or do they do it for a special next month? Like, do they make us wait? I think they should. I think they need to make us wait.
1: It depends what they're going to do. Are they going to keep Hangman Page around? Like, are we going to get another match there? Or could it be, let's just maybe throw this, that Moxley does drop the title before the pay-per-view. And then maybe we get like a, I would love to see it. Uh, and this talks about the longer that we wanted the longer Omega page matches. Maybe we get a title match uh, page versus Omega at the pay-per-view in February. Huh, maybe. You know. Well, that's a, that's an interesting thought to have.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Who knows? I mean, I,
1: I I'm not in any rush to let Moxie drop, but I know that his days are it's numbered, coming. so It's
0: coming. Um, he's he's approaching a year. He won it in yeah. February of this year. So if he makes it to the February pay-per-view of 2021, which they announced it is Revolution February 27th, 2021, that's when we'll be back with another review episode for a pay-per-view. Um if he makes it to that he's got what a full year. Yeah. Uh yeah, exactly. It'll be one year as the champion. So, well, probably a little bit longer than that, right? When was Revolution Revolution AEW 2020? When was it this year? It was February 29th. So oh, it was on a leap
1: year. It was, it was yeah. a leap
0: day. That's right. He'd be I forgot two days about shy that. Of
1: a, he'd be two days shy of a well, year. Well, he'd
0: be, I think he'd be one day shy of a year. Oh, that's or,
1: right. No, it would be two days because. No, it, it would be March two days 1st. because
0: of the actual leap year. Yeah, you're yeah. right. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting. So we'll have to see if he actually if he makes it that long. But I thought this was a good show. Like start to finish. I was invested. Yes, they lost steam. So it wasn't a perfect show. It definitely was far from a perfect show. Um, But I thought this was a really good pay-per-view. I'm going four and a half stars.
1: I am jumping on that bandwagon and I will say four and a half stars as well.
0: Yeah, I think they deserve the four and a half stars for the amazingness that the pay per view was up through, and again, including I, I loved the Elite deletion match. I had zero. I know that match was very subjective. You either gonna lark it, you're either gonna like it or you're not. And I again, absolutely loved it. So at that point though, they they did kind of lose momentum a little bit. MJF Jericho struggled. Uh, Moxley Kingston struggled a little bit, but they still had my attention. They still put on good matches. They just didn't feel as amazing as the rest of the matches that night.
1: No, yeah, there was nothing, the matches ended the way they should have, like, you know, the dirty, you know, MJF winning the way he did, and Moxley, obviously, this is just the match that he's just designed for, so it was just, yeah, the momentum kind of slowed down a lot there with these last two matches.
0: Yeah, yeah. Dan, this is by far the longest review episode you and I have ever done for AEW. I've actually really enjoyed going this in depth, talking about the pay-per-view. Uh, one thing that I love about AEW, and, and obviously this is the influence of Kenny Omega, who, you know, they 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 mentioned was a megastar over in Japan. But they kind of do the, the thing, that, and I know you wouldn't be familiar with this, they kind of do the same thing that New Japan res- Wrestling does. Uh, when like a title match ends, a lot of times they'll have like whoever's next in line comes down to the ring and has like a confrontation with the current champion. And that's what we saw with Kenny Omega coming down to the ring, having a confrontation with John Moxley. We saw it at the beginning of the night too with Thunder Rosa coming down and having a confrontation with Serena Deeb who had just kept her title. So I, I like that they're starting to do that and that, that clearly let us, that lets us know, okay, that's next. Cool.
1: <laughs> no, I agree. So yeah, so we didn't get it with Sheeta, right? So. Yeah, so we don't like,
0: I mean, they're not doing it with everybody and I get New no. Japan doesn't do it with everybody. Correct, um, but I like that they do do it. Do yeah, do it? I like, I like that they do, 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 it, do, do. <laughs> (laughs) All right, man. man. Like I said, this has been long. You and I have been sitting here for a long time. I think it is time that we depart.
1: Yep. Let's hot tag out of here.
0: All right. Well, we want to thank you for sticking around and listening to another episode. The second episode this week of Hit Our Music, an elite wrestling podcast made possible by LebanonGames.com. Regardless of the podcast service you're listening through, be sure to show your support by leaving a rating and a review, especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. We'd also be grateful if you could drop it over to our YouTube channel at YouTube.com forward slash Games and subscribe to us there. And if you haven't already, while you're at it, hit up Twitch.tv forward slash Games and click that follow button. Dan, speaking of Twitch, do you still stream?
1: I do. I've talked about it. I got to get my uh, schedule back in line here. And it's going to be because next gen is this coming week. So we got a lot of things we're going to be doing for level down games here. So we're going to be pumping out some some great content. So, yes, uh, twitch.tv for slash crazy 11 K.R.A.I.Z.D. One, one. Come stop by and
0: say, hey, we'll be streaming some PS5 on Thursday, baby. Yeah, I can't wait for it. Yeah. And if you missed it, I was live this past Friday, streaming some early access to Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Shout out to our friends over at Ubisoft, you know, for providing us early access to the game uh, and a review key. So that was really cool. Go check that video out uh, if you if you missed me playing that. Uh, Stalking us on social media is probably acceptable. Twitter, Instagram and Facebook will be the place to do so. Check that description box for the appropriate links. And of course, in that description box, you will also find a link to our Discord server. Click it, join it and interact with us. Uh, Theme song of the week for pay-per-view review shows. Remember, we always do something that's kind of relevant to the pay-per-view itself. And this probably isn't something that we would ever play like any other time. So in honor of MJF and Wardlow being inducted into the inner circle by MJF defeating Chris Jericho, we are going to play that generic inner circle music. Even know it's generic, it's not bad. It's not bad. No. Yeah, I like it. It doesn't get played a whole lot. Yeah, we don't get to hear it that often. So closing out the show, we're going with the inner circles theme as your theme song of the show, because it can't be theme song of the week. Theme song of the week is still Darby Allen, your new Correct. TNT champion. That's what you chose last Wednesday. Yes. We'll have a new theme song of the week this Wednesday. But your theme song of the show is the inner circle. Now hit the music.
1: Inner Circle